driving at center, in on the Ranger defense. Getting set, he may pass or shoot, he drives one, score! I am Michael Vale. I am here joined, as always, by my brother, Matthew Vale. Matthew, how are you doing today? Doing pretty good. Uh, first, of, first of all, excited because um, it's sad that we're almost done with March Madness, but we're turning the chapter to one of the best sports weeks of the year. Um, and the most important thing happening today is uh, baseball opening day. No question. But- and, it is, and we are recording on April 1st, unfortunately, April Fool's Day, which is by far the worst. If you're on social media at all, by far the worst day in social media ever. Like, other than, like, because I'm big into Twitter. I think death Twitter is probably the worst Twitter. It's like when somebody famous dies and everybody making it about them. That's probably the worst Twitter. Second worst Twitter is definitely April Fool's Day Twitter. It is the worst. Hmm. I, I got to be on Twitter a little bit more. But, yeah. yeah, I was one of those suckers who who fell for one today. I was convinced that Duncan Keith was traded to the Montreal Canadiens and it almost ruined my morning. I thought I thought the Roy Williams news was fake. I, I thought it was an April. I'm like, and it was John Rothstein is the first tweet I saw. And I'm like, he's a pretty serious person, but it would also be a very John Rothstein joke to make that that type of announcement. So like I it, I hate I hate it. I hate April Fool's Day. I've never thought it was funny. And so you, let, let's kick off with the true news that is not an April Fool's. Wait, I, wait throw, real, real quick, throwback. You and I, the worst April Fools we ever had was spring break the year Davidson lost. Remember that game? Um, vaguely. What, what happened on that one? So Davidson like lost a heartbreaker in the elite eight that year. And it, it was literally on March 31st. And I remember that morning. Oh yeah. They were going to replay it. Cause like the last five seconds, right? They were going to replay like the last 10 seconds because of something crazy. And it was, and it was on TV and you and I like, we were on vacation with the family. We sprinted down to the pool to tell dad that they were, we were going to replay this game and we were out losing our minds. And then, and this is like, I mean, keep in mind, this is before smartphones and stuff. So there's like, it was April fool's joke on sports center. Like the, their word was gospel, you know? And uh, yeah, that was, that was the worst one. Cause you and I didn't even, yeah, I, for, I forgot about that. That was, that was a good memory. It was a great, well, memory. not a good memory at but the time, but it was good, good, I, mem- good to remember it. We tried to repress it. Cause it was that bad. I, I, Oh God, it was so, yeah, too, so too bad the they couldn't get the Saints with that against the Rams. <laughs> Dude, I had fuck man, I I had a huge. I had I had the Saints. I had two hundred bucks on the Saints at twenty five to one that year to win it all. Oh, actually, okay. So, so quick, I'm never, I'm quick never skip over that one. Okay, actually, we'll, we'll we'll save it till later. But um, so let's start out with the real, not fake news of Roy Williams retiring. And obviously, you, you or I never really had a dog in the, the Duke-UNC fight. But honestly, Roy Williams has been maybe top three coach, like, face of college basketball. Like, if, if you don't know college basketball, you, you've heard of Coach K. You, you've heard of maybe Jim Beheim. Roy Williams is easily a top two. Maybe Coach K and Roy Williams are one and two. Certainly in our life. I mean, it, I mean, I mean, think about this, Matt. How many currently? Currently, how many how many coaches? How many national cha- championship winning coaches are there right now active? There's um, not many. You got Coach not, K. Yeah. You got Calipari. Calipari. You got. We'll we'll count Roy Williams for now. Patino still counts. Patino with an asterisk. 
We'll call. We'll, we're going to count Patino because uh, I got a <laughs> bunch of buddies that go to Louisville. Um, we now have Jay Wright, five. Tony Bennett. Tony Bennett. And then what about? I don't think Bill Self has. Bill, Bill Self. Does Bill Self have one? Yeah, he he was on the he was on the Mario Chalmers one over okay, Derek Rose. Okay. So Bill Self. So that's seven. That's seven. I'm trying to think who else who who else is in that group. Um. Yeah, because Billy Donovan, Billy Donovan's out from when he won yeah. with Florida. Right. So then, guys, and guys, that, keep in mind this is seven coaches. There are 351 Division One programs. Yeah, because what about UConn? UConn is he still there? Um. So Jim Calhoun's out. Kevin Ali, I think, is out. He's at least out of UConn. I don't know if he found another I can't job. I remember if Ali's still there. So maybe we'll call it seven and a half. I'm trying to, th- and I'm trying to think. There, there. That is it. That's basically it. Yeah, I, so I think, at, I think at we're, least, I think we're going to get the our start of the decade or, or sorry, at least at the start of the century. Cause you, cause um, all those we named are active college basketball coaches right now, yeah. including, including Patino. He's at Iona. <laughs> Never forget. Never forget. So if you don't count Patino, that's, you know, that's, it's, it's, it's six out of 351. He counts. They, they won. That That's all that matters. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's unreal, man. That is on. But no, By the way, t- I think we're going to get our eighth coach this year because uh, I think Gonzaga wins this whole thing. I don't think it's going to be close. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but quick quick jump back to Roy Williams. Yeah, I think sorry. his most impressive stat that literally I do not think will ever be touched again is 400, over 400 wins with two separate programs. With what he did with Kansas and then obviously even the more impressive tenure with his alma mater, UNC. Yeah. He very, very impressive. Coach, coach Williams I never was a – like big UNC hater or supporter, but I respect the hell out of what you did. So can, good luck in retirement. Well, and it's going to be sad too, because we're, we're about to lose that era of coach. Cause you, yeah. you got to think coach K can't, can't go much longer. Bayheim's going to be, this and same. might get forced out if it <laughs> keeps going like this for him. It, I well, they'll never force coach K out. He, he's, there are very few untouchables. I know you were, by the way, I get one. I told you so for Shaka smart. It'll be the last time I mention it. Uh, okay, but, quick asterisk on that though. He 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 left. They did not ask him to leave. Okay, so that's that's one of those where it's like you can either get fired or resign. So we're maybe. Gonna, I, but I, I was my my exact quote was he will not be fired, and he was not fired. But, right, you, but right. you were you were right. I did. If you this if is, you asked me, will Chaka Smart be coaching Texas next year? My this, answer would have been yes. So that, in the spirit of the question, you were correct. I love how you walked out of that. That that's like I didn't. <laughs> babe, babe, I didn't, I didn't say you're a bitch. I said you're acting like a bitch. There's a big difference. I said, bitch. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Shaka's out. My okay. Why did I bring up Shaka? I brought up Shaka because there are very few untouchable coaches in the like in any sport, any level of sport. Coach K is one of them. I they, literally, I think people would riot if they fired Coach K. Agreed. I'm not saying there's one. There will be dumb. There will be five dumb Duke fans on Twitter that want to fire Coach K in two years. But, okay, actually, but across the major sports, who are your untouchable coaches? I, I think the easiest ones are Nick Saban, untouchable. Bill, Bill Belichick, untouchable. And Even Belichick's touchable, honestly. Like, Bay, I think Bayheim, not will, meaning that they will not get them, they, they will, this will be their final resting place, and they can more or less go out on their own terms. I think the only untouchable coaches in sports in general are college because you, you get such a more emotional 
connection to the, those coaches. And the more, and in college, they stay a lot longer. And, and look, and in professional sports, the NFL, it, it, the turnover is so high in the NFL and patience is so low that, I mean, can you imagine if the Patriots, I mean, Belichick won't coach more, more than 10 years, but if the Patriots miss the playoffs five years in a row, there'd be people calling for Belichick. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. It's it's yeah that's true. He's untouchable because he just refuses to lose. It's unreal. Well, and in all honesty, like a, a perfect example of what to your point of college coaches not being touchable. Oh, if they wanted to be, Chris Beard is now going to be the coach of Texas. And yeah. honestly, like there there are people calling him traitor and like how could you do this to us? And it's like, dude, he he hasn't been around that long. He literally, I, I don't remember the the art Little Rock. Uh, Arkansas Little Rock year where they beat Purdue, but that was that was when we were in college still. So he, he's not been there for more than I'll five never, years. I'll never forgive him for that win, man. That no, I'll never forgive him for that win. But he was a hell of a coach. He took him to to the literally the national championship like finals. No, when you're at Texas Tech, you're in Lubbock, Texas. Look, uh, Texas Tech, nothing against you, but you are not a marquee blue blood. Okay. By the way, Texas isn't either. I know they want to think they are, but they're not. Um, no. But let's be honest. That this is. By the way, is he from Texas? Is Beard he, from? He, yeah, that, that's where he went to school. So I'm assuming that's the main reason. But yeah. he. But that that was an interesting move by him because, shoot, he he built an excellent contender in Texas Tech, and he literally could have made himself king of Lubbock. He could have. And and look, it's and by the way, basically all the coaches we just mentioned that have national championships, those are untouchables. I mean, agreed. Do you think? Do you think Mark Few could he ever be fired? I mean, like. And he hasn't even won no. one. I think he will this year. Uh, as long as they're in the West Coast Conference also. <laughs> yeah, that so, also helps. It's, I don't think there's a lot of... For, they're they're going to join the Conference of Champions or at bare minimum yeah. uh, at bare minimum Mountain West, maybe. I'm not sure how many Gonzaga boosters there are, but I, I, I assure you Texas has more. So, facts. It, 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 fact. It, 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 it's, it's college sports. is People that don't, that are only professional sports fans, I, I don't... Like, I used to think professional sports fans were... were we're the craziest people on earth. They're not. It's college sports fans. Like they are. Mm, European soccer might be a little bit, <laughs> might have something to say about that. I mean, yeah, but European soccer, they th- imagine the fans being willing to put up their own money to fire the coach. That only happens in one sport. Sorry. happens in two sports, college basketball, college football. That's it. Think about it. like literally you people will offer their own. That happened to Archie Miller, by the way. Did he did he get bought out? Oh, that and by the way, I was just about to get to that because the weirdest hire has been IU. Mike Woodson, sure. too. Yeah. I, oh God, talk about failing up, dude. Like that that guy. I mean, still still not Cliff Kingsbury level, but nobody's worked. Yeah, that, that is. I will give you that. Nobody <laughs> no, has failed no up better what. than that guy. Is he? I, oh, I was going to say failing upwards in the dictionary has Cliff Kingsbury in his in his awesome mansion with this feed up saying 500 coach of Texas tech. Yeah. Like if, if, if Kingsbury, Kingsbury's failed upwards so hard. Like if he was a girl, we'd be thinking he slept with every boss he had like that. That's, that's how much he's failed upward. Uh, We got to do some research depending on if his bosses were female or not, not judging, not judging. judging. We're very, we're sex positive. We're sex positive. There's anything like from Seinfeld. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh. We actually just brought up. I I just recorded my racing podcast yesterday, and the the we had a guy who uh, he runs a tout service called Giddy Up Bets, and I asked him, I'm like, is that from? That's not from. He's a Met fan, so I'm like, you're from New York. I'm like, 
just out of curiosity, is that from Seinfeld? So we were, and he goes, yeah. So we were laughing about that. Uh, uh, there's a great Seinfeld episode where, um, where uh, uh, Kramer's on the subway and he hears this tip about a horse. <laughs> yeah. And it, I heard it had to go there. The horse, yeah. The horse's name is Pumpernickel, and uh, uh, and that that's the line where he's like, his father was a mutter, his mother was a mutter. <laughs> oh, it's a sloppy track that day, show. and he and he yeah he jumps off the subway to go b- take a bet. So uh, why did we start talking about that? Oh, Cliff Cliff Kingsbury Cliff failing Kingsbury. upwards. Exactly. So anyway. So college, March Madness happened this weekend. March Madness happened. Yeah, we got a little <laughs> bit of a tangent there. Sorry about that. That's but, okay. Uh, Part yeah, one makes this show watchable. I mean, look, the IU hire is weird. I feel bad for them. Uh, you know, it, it's oh, that was the original reason, Mike Woodson. Yeah, Mike Woodson. And look, Mike, Mike, I hate to crap on the guy because look, if I ever made that got successful enough in my career to coach in the NBA and at you know a, a very good program in IU, I would be very lucky. Um, but man, it just seems like. It just seems like a bad, not a bad hire. It just seems like a desperate hire. A weird, a weird hire. Yeah, just no, no connection to the state. And and we talked about he, it. He with, went there. I I well, uh, I actually did not know that Matt. He went. He, to yeah, IU. he went to IU. All right, so there. That, that was literally his only connection. Gotcha. But, gotcha. but I mean, he's never coached in college before. He no. He's an assistant on a mediocre Knicks team right now. And look, it's you never hey, know. It, and you the never last one in the Big Ten to ju- the big, last one in the Big Ten to just do that was uh, Juwan Howard. So well, I highly doubt it works like, out that well. But and I would have never thought Howard would be a, a great uh, college basketball coach, and I was dead wrong. He, he's been fantastic, uh, especially because he was replacing an absolute monster in Michigan. So, uh, all that being said, let's move to the tournament. Uh, I had Baylor and Gonzaga in my finals. I've gotten everything else wrong in my bracket. I will probably finish in the top ninety-five percent because I think that's. I think that's the path we're headed right now. Uh, Gonzaga now has, I believe, the highest or one of the highest spreads in Final Four history. Um, it is, it is, it was a, it's been an interesting tournament with a lot of upsets. When we get right down to it, and it's a one, two ones, a two, and then we get the, the surprise in UCLA. But let, first, let me give a shout out to John Rothstein. Awesome Rothsteinism about Mick Cronin. Nick Cronin more consistent than a few good men on a rainy day. Uh, I, uh, I think it's uh, a few good men on a rainy Sunday. Isn't that his quote? No, yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. He, he likes to get oddly specific, but anyway, the only reason I say that is I actually tweeted at him. Cause I, the last time I watched a few good men was when I was a uh, home alone uh, at our parents' house watching Wally. <laughs> and uh, uh, it was a Saturday and uh, I was watching a few good men. So I tweeted at John Rothstein. It, it's just as good on a snowy Saturday. He didn't respond. Excellent movie, though. Excellent movie. Uh, but McCronin, unfortunately, McCronin, great coach, will not beat Gonzaga. Honestly, no. it, it'll be an accomplishment if they get within double digits. If they, it, if they cover the spread. Honestly, if they cover the spread, the spread, they've won the game. I think I saw 11, 11 and a half, maybe. It is 14 right now. Unbelievable. And I agree. I think it did open at around 11. Hold on, I'm checking right now. But honestly, it's one of those where it's like, I mean – Sorry, it opened at 13 and a half. So it's actually only gone up half a point. Uh, I mean, the, the thing was, and I, Gonzaga hadn't played like an, 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 a good team in about three months, but people forget early, early in the season, they had a bunch of good matchups and they kicked the crap out of any, anybody that played them. 
Yeah, and it's it's still really too bad now that the because they were supposed to play Baylor as well. But yeah, they, but they they kicked the crap out of Iowa. They they beat West Virginia, I believe, in Morgantown. Um, and I think they had one more like really like impressive. Oh, their opening play. game was Kansas. They beat them by twelve, and then they then they went to then they went and played Auburn and beat them by almost thirty. Uh, I mean, and then you're right. The the closest game has been that West Virginia game, and in fact, it's the only game where they in single digits, right? In single digits. That is correct. Unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, and by the way, they've also played Virginia. They beat Virginia by 21. Uh, I, I mean, that I'm telling you, man. I don't know, and I but you know, it's funny. I don't know if they're as good as their offense is. Their their defense is incredible. It's unreal. They're long. They they play very disciplined. They're obviously coached by one of the best in the country. And I got to tell you, UCLA's path leaves a lot to be desired. You know, I, I just – beating Michigan the way they did, it was certainly impressive. Be, beating uh, Alabama the way they did was impressive. But but you could argue Bama should have won that game. You know what I mean? It, it's, it's Bama. Well, they didn't go 11 for 25 from the line. That's, that's what all I you mean. needed to do. That's what I mean. And Bama is basically just – a is, is built just like Gonzaga, but a lesser version of Gonzaga. Right, yeah. I mean, Gonzaga's got the number one offense of the country. At Bama was top ten. I, I forgot exactly where they were, um, and Bama's defense was top fifteen. Gonzaga's the same way, and and I don't think they've even that's including Gonzaga just waltzing through the regular season, not having to put up their best effort. Uh, so, talking the spread in this one, you, you said fourteen and a half right now. It's fourteen right now. It's so the, the, my guess is that spread goes up, and my initial reaction was, wow, that's kind of a high spread. Which, especially for how good UCLA plays defense and just kind of believe, believe it or not, UCLA is getting most of the they're getting sixty six percent of the bets right now, according to. I think that. everybody's going contrarian, but the the problem is if you put put your money on US, UCLA for one sec, your theoretical money, how big of an idiot are you going to feel when Gonzaga wins this game by twenty? Yeah, I, I could one, not justify putting money on UCLA in this. Yeah, game. it's one of those bets where it's like if if you if you. At Gonzaga and they win by 10, you're not going to feel that dumb. You're like, yeah, you know, it's, they could have covered, they didn't, but you're right. If you, if you bet UCLA and, and they lose and you lose that cover, you're going to be like, how in the world did I think Gonzaga was going to, they they've had one close game all year. So I'm not touching that spread. Gonzaga will win by double digits. Agreed. It's a, the spread is very sharp. I think they win by about, I, I think it's exactly right on the nose. I like the over a little bit. It's pretty low at 145 and a half. I don't think UCLA stops them, and uh, – I don't know if UCLA can score enough. Well, Gonzaga really pushed the pace in that last game, and maybe what the better way to do it is is first half over because Gonzaga did really slow it down in the second half. But, you know, they scored 49 points in the first half of that USC game, and they scored 43 in the first half of their Creighton game. So they, they, I, I do – I like that over pick better for the yeah. for the first half. By the way, 46, also 46 I, in the Oklahoma game. Wow. Yeah, they've scored 43 is the lowest amount because in Norfolk State, they scored 43 in the first half. So, yeah, they have yet to score under 40 in the first half of any of their games. So I don't see that have changing anytime soon. So I think that's probably the bet I would do is first half over for sure. Agreed. And then moving to the to the other semifinal, uh, we got Baylor versus Houston, the battle for Texas. Um, that does not include University of Texas. So sorry, Shaco Smart. Um, so, so this is the one. I think Baylor wins going away. I, I don't What's think the spread in this one. Five. Love five. Baylor. Love, 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 love that. Hammer that. Houston can't make shots. 
they just rebounds like they're animals. Okay. And I'll give Houston a ton of credit. They give so much effort on that, on those boards. It's, it's so fun to watch, but it was so frustrating to, or, or I, I didn't care about Oregon state in the slightest, but I, I swear to God, every single, I think they had 10 off first half offensive rebounds. It, that, it was one of those games. Houston just wanted it more, like a lot more. Uh, and Oregon state didn't play horrible. It's just, and, and to be honest, they almost came back all the way, but Houston just outworked them. They just outworked them. And they won that board battle. And that was the, we talked about it in the Bama game, right? Bama just couldn't make free throws. That was the difference against UCLA. If, 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 if Oregon state only gets 50% more of their uh, defensive rebounds, they win that game. Easily. Easily. So it's just one of those, I don't think Baylor's going to let that happen. Baylor's a great rebounding team. They got incredible guard play, especially on the perimeter defense. Houston struggled to shoot against uh, against Oregon State's perimeter defense, which is nowhere close to the guards that are on Baylor. So, quick quick throwback to uh, the Oregon State um, Oregon State Houston game. Whatever the opposite of a bad beat is, uh, Michael and I are both writers for uh, LinkSports.com, uh, excellent web- website. You should go check it out. But um, our our college basketball staff, myself included, wrote an article for that game. And uh, we, we hit a double header of Oregon, Oregon state plus eight and uh, the under 129 and a half. And the total was 128 and Oregon state was lost by seven. It was the most amazing double cover, but by, by the skin of your teeth I've ever seen in my life. And yeah, that's, it was amazing. That's, that's quite legendary to be honest. Uh, that was a cool, a cool <laughs> little uh, few minutes there. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it was it was cool for Oregon State to come back the way they did, and uh, but yeah, I just Houston's been a good story, and you know maybe they proved me wrong. Maybe they just outwork Baylor and they catch Baylor napping. But I don't know how you catch him napping in the Final Four, and the Final Four is being played in Lucas Oil, um, obviously a, a historically bad shooting arena, and and Houston Houston's really struggled shooting from the outside in their last couple of games, and I I just don't see. I think they're going to struggle against that Baylor defense. It, it's suffocating. Agreed. Now, I think Baylor wins this one pretty easy. I I would. I've kind of been annoyed with with uh, Houston the entire tournament because I I really wanted Rutgers to beat them and they should have beaten them. And then I don't like I don't like Syracuse, so I didn't mind them beating them. But I really wanted Oregon State to win, and they just like bludgeoned these teams in rock fights and walked into the Final Four without for the being the first team ever to not beat a, a single digit team on their way to the final four. But I think it would be a very good narrative for them to win this game, to say, Hey, everybody needs to shut up right now. Yeah. And I think that will happen, but that would be a very cool story to come out of it. If Houston does win. No, and look, I've been, I've been dead wrong about Houston's whole tournament. I, I think I, I, I've, uh, I've been picking against them. They're basically their whole streak. And, uh, and they've done nothing. They've done it purely because they've just outworked their other teams. It's not because they've shot it better. It's not because they've uh, had better game plans. They have literally just played with m- way more heart, and that, and that's cool to see. And it's the first time. And we're gonna get a bunch of great by Slamma Jamma highlights coming up to that game, so that'll be cool to see too. Love it. Love it. Love it. Okay, so first you. Okay, switching gears a little bit. Uh, you want to talk some baseball opening day? So uh, we're recording like 6.30-ish. It looks like the Cubs are going to lose 
uh, I have, um, I have two Cubs on my fancy baseball team actually. And, uh, actually they did lose. It's official. They lost five to three to the pirates. It's going to be a rough year for the Cubs. First reported on Chicago plus points. Say that again. <laughs> First reported by Chicago plus the points. First reported by Chicago plus the points or, or your, the Cubs or, are your lost. or your iPhone. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it was, it was, it's, it's, uh, I think it's just going to be rough year for the Cubs. I feel we, we can't, we couldn't sign Anthony Rizzo to an extended contract. Uh, lost Schwarber. Uh, we're supposedly, supposedly shopping out Baez and Bryant. Uh, uh, it, it's just, it's, it's, it's a mess and it's so sad. Uh, it, it, it was nice to see you Darvish didn't have a great day. So I was a little less sad to see him uh, pitch today, but uh Oh, it's just, it's just, uh, the White Sox have, the, the White Sox are legitimate World Series contenders and the, and the Cubs are in a bad division and will only make the playoffs if they can just outplay their weak division. And honestly, th- thank God, how much more special will that m- make 2016 though? Which just goes to show you when, when you sell all out for that championship, you better hit it. And, and look, the Eagles are another perfect example. You're literally, you got uh, P- uh, Peterson just got fired. You're three years removed from winning the Super Bowl in a town that desperately, desperately needed it. Well, that's what Nobody I told you. It. That's why Belichick's not untouchable. I'm telling you, the NFL is just a different animal. But that's him winning one miracle Super Bowl and having three mediocre seasons, other than Belichick, who's been to the Super Bowl in half of his seasons as the New England half co- head coach. I'm with you, man. I'm just saying. I wouldn't fire him. I'm just saying. I just I, the NFL's crazy, man. So what? So what are your um, long? So your long-term projections for the Cubs and the Sox? Do do the clubs make the playoffs? Gut reaction. No, no. I really, I really don't think we do. I, I think we're gonna be, we're gonna be kind of like the Hawks. I think uh, the Hawks, and it's a bad example because the Hawks probably will make the playoffs this year, but they're going to be time. The Cubs will be able to go on some small winning streaks probably. Um, but uh, I, I don't think, I, I don't think the wild card will come out of the central this year. So that means we'd have to win the division. And I, I just, I, I don't think we're going to get consistent enough pitching. Um, and unfortunately our, our, our hitters just get real streaky, you know, and we don't, uh, we're still missing a great lead off hitter. We haven't had, we haven't had one since, uh, uh, since 2016 and uh, we basically just have a, a core of guys that are unhappy with their contracts and very little chemistry left. And I don't know. It's just, I, I hope they make the playoffs. I'll be, I'll be rooting for them, but no, I, I that it's, I think we're going to be, this will be a slow death for the Cubs. Yeah. But to, to a more uplifting story of the White Sox and, Honestly, they, they should easily bare minimum make the playoffs. I'd be shocked if they don't win at least one um, one playoff series. So I think you can almost pencil them into at least the ALCS. Yeah. But, no, and if you get – and if Kopak comes back and he's healthy, I, I think I, – the baseball is still sleeping on this guy. I think he's going to be one of the best pitchers in baseball in two years, and nobody's talking about him. Well, and more importantly, he doesn't have to be that guy right away because you right. still got Giolito, who ho- hopefully you can shut down the the Angels tonight. But <laughs> excuse, excuse me, 
but people forget between man. him and <laughs> between him and Keuchel and um Kopech, that that's a pretty strong three-man rotation yeah. on top of one of the most exciting offensive lineups that was in the game last year other than the Dodgers I don't think I would <clears> take another lineup before the Sox I really don't maybe the Padres maybe the Padres but I gotta be honest you guys are younger and you got you god you're 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 top to bottom you hit for better average because actually I'd because I'd rather have the you Yankees have pitching the- staff yeah. But I but I would not take their offense over the White Sox. Well, because look, they're going to be slammed. Slam Diego definitely has more power, no question. But like you guys hit for average, and you have enough power to get it out of that easy home run ballpark that is uh, the G spot. So I, I I could not be more excited for the White Sox this year. Could not be more devastated for the Cubs. It sucks. Yeah, and then um, ho- hopefully. Hopefully optimistic for both teams, but um, I guess to, to wrap up the show, I know, Mike, um, in the, the previous iteration of Chicago Plus a Point, you'd always end the show on a rant. So um, let, let me do the honors this time and rant about a, a lesser known story of, of the week. The U.S. men's soccer team has yet again failed to qualify for the Olympics for the third time in a row. And that makes it even more sad because – that is now 12 years in a row that the, the U.S. men's soccer team is not represented. And again, we're not losing to powerhouses like Germany and France and Belgium. We lost to Honduras. 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 Mo- most of you probably couldn't find Honduras in a map. I know it's in Central America, but again, it's, it's Honduras. It's not Mexico even. Ugh. No, it, they're, it is. they're just so sad and embarrassing. And again, this is still it, this is not quite the level of embarrassment of the Trinidad and Tobago fiasco from the 2018 world cup cycle. Yeah. But that, that just shows that's the future of, of, of our team is going to be in, was going to show up for the Olympics and they're not going to make it. So if this is a perfect opportunity where again, the Olympic roster for those who don't know is not the, it's, I believe the U 23 team, it's not the professional team. Team, so it's, it's not with Pulisic and McKinney and, and, and all those guys. But it makes me feel even worse because of that. That means we have no future. You know what I mean? We do, we do have a future because of our team. Our core is so young. And, and mo- way more importantly, he, w- our team used to be filled with all um, a, a crappy collection of um, MLS players. We now have Pulisic at Chelsea. We have Weston McKinney at, at Juventus. We, we have um, uh, uh, Denst at um, Barcelona. We got um, – oh, shoot. Uh, I forgot who's at Skalky, but we have um, – yeah, We actually we have, a decent, word we have a decent presence in Europe now, which is good. Yeah, so we can finally start playing some better competition and really, really have to make the World Cup at this cycle because you, you need to get – with parents taking their kids out of football, well, there's it's a perfect window for if the U.S. men's soccer team is good, these young players can really like do do better and make a World Cup run. the The 2014 World Cup where, funny, where we almost beat Belgium. You mentioned that it would be how how funny would it be if like the a consequence of CTE was the improvement of U.S. soccer? 
you know what I mean? For the rest of the world, that would not be a funny thing. But as as me, a genuine fan of U.S. men's soccer, or I I would really appreciate it. Oh, it'd be amazing. I'll I'll take it any way I can get it because I love football. I don't ever want to see football, American football, the real football. Uh, <laughs> and by the way, I played soccer my whole life. I love soccer. Um, but uh, I don't ever want to see the detriment of American football. But I would love to see U.S. soccer uh, get to a better place because it's just so sad. It's just sad, you know. And I don't. And I'm with you. Like, I would love U.S. to be like, if we could be Croatia, good. Because let's be honest. Because Croatia is Matt's and I's other team. That's where our our forefathers are from. Uh, shout out Vlahinic family. Shout out to the Um Croatia is is always they're always in the European tournaments. They're always making the World Cup. And once in a blue moon, they make a great run like they did in the last World Cup, right? Where they got second to France. And to be honest, they would have beaten France if if they didn't get maybe one of the best performances from this 19-year-old uh, Mbappe uh, that I've ever seen. Griezmann played pretty well too, but yeah, it, yeah. Was, it was quite the Killian Mbappe show. Right. But but, but again, um, I, l- listen to part of my take. Big Big Cat made a great point of like these diehard, um, diehard NFL fans like not getting into college basketball, and it's he made a good point of like it doesn't matter. It, it, it's all about like watching the championships and in the playoffs because yeah. it was partially because people didn't want to watch the NBA because there's only two super teams. I'm still going to watch the heck out of the NBA playoffs. It's so much fun to watch because it's good, high-level, competitive sport, which is me and Michael are both huge sports fans in general. So, again, we're we're not going to sit down and watch a casual MLS game of two teams we don't care about. But for most casual soccer fans, most people should get excited for the World Cup. It's one of the coolest, most relatable topics in the entire world for a, a month stretch. So oh, it's, it, there's nothing like it. We, we don't need, we don't need to be, we, we don't need to be Belgian good. We don't need to be France good, but again, a, make it out of the group stage. Most years make, like, make the tournament first. I, I want to be, I want to be Croatia good. Cause again, they t- that's about as good as Croatia is. Cause Croatia doesn't make it out of the group a lot, but when they get it, when they get it all together, uh, they get some special years. So I, 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 I was, it's just like, I just can't believe we're this bad. We, we produce, we produce some of the best athletes at, at, in many different sports in the world, even sports that aren't our own, you know, and obviously the soccer isn't our sport. It's the world sport. Um, but, but Holy cow, man. I mean, I, I'm with you. But we're part of the world. So we have to be a, a part of so- the soccer we, community. And we, we're not. I mean, cause I'm talking about Croatia. Good. Uh, you're, you just made the point. Can we be Honduras? Good. I'll take Honduras. Good. You know, <laughs> it's like, it's like, Actually, I think even a more appropriate example. Iceland, maybe. Can we be Iceland? uh, No, Iceland had a rough outing. They, they, I think they lost Armenia too. I'm just, I'm just saying, Iceland uh, made a run in the last European Cup, and they have the population of Naperville. So, (laughs) I mean, come on, can we be Iceland? Good. Oh, it's, it's. uh, I, I, I hate it because it, it, it's so preventable. Um, and I, and I, there's no good answer. Uh, our best athletes just don't go into soccer, but I got to tell you, I played soccer at a high level for a long time. There are some amazing athletes in, and I played with some amazing soccer players that played D one soccer and none of them were good enough to make national teams. That's how good the national team should be. Um, so Agreed. I, I just, so the, the U S still has some hope for qualifying for the world cup. 
So hopefully we, we can erase this Olympic nightmare sooner rather than later, but um, keep us relevant America in soccer. Yeah. Stay relevant. Sorry. Now let's talking soccer. <laughs> oh, and I, I think that'll, I think that'll just about do it for us. So for me and me and Mike, thanks for listening and we'll, we'll catch you in the next week's episode. Awesome. Ciao for now, guys.